Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. If you are watching this on Zoom, you can see that I've made some changes over the past couple of weeks. I hope that you are happy, hopeful, and in good health. And today I'm joined with Justin Kelly with Van Dyke Mortgage. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Before we get uh, into the podcast, can you tell listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Justin Kelly with Van Dyke Mortgage, and I've been in the mortgage industry for about 14 years. Um, so when I got in the business was right before the financial crisis um, and have been originating loans ever since. Awesome. And what made you decide to get into mortgage lending? Um, I just wanted to be successful and find a way to make a good living. And here I am 14 years later. Awesome. Uh, well, I think it's fair to say that a lot has changed since my podcast um, two weeks ago. The last podcast I uh, recorded talked about, um, you know, how the coronavirus was changing things, but we hadn't been impacted here in St. Pete at that point. Twelve hours later, it was a very different situation. Um, and, you know, less than a month ago, it, it's hard to put this in into to think about this, but less than a month ago, we were discussing how strong the economy was. You know, historically low unemployment rate, strong stock market, and historically low mortgage rates. Um, and in a short period of time, so much uncertainty has been created by unprecedented measures that we're taking to try to slow down this global pandemic. Um, I, I think it's safe to say that um, none of us have gone through anything like this before. Um, even though we've gone through wars, wo even world wars, um, and challenging recessions and instability, um, unless you were around in the early 1900s when the, the last global pandemic went through, um, you know, we haven't experienced anything like this. Um, but in listening to economists, you know, they're saying that even though this seems very uncertain right now, that it, it, they anticipate this to be a very quick recovery because of what I mentioned, how strong the economy was going into this. Um, mortgage rates have shown some volatility over the last couple of weeks. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So about approximately three weeks ago, um, you everybody saw in the news that the mortgage rates were the lowest they've ever been in U.S. history. So you could have gotten a 2.5% 15-year fixed, and it was a no-brainer to easily get a 3% 30-year fixed. Um, and so three weeks ago, everybody was joyous, getting low rates, maybe refinancing, or maybe they caught, you know, they were looking to buy and just caught the market at the perfect time to get that low rate. Um, and so from three weeks ago, a week after that, rates went up about 1%. So let's use the 30-year fixed rate. Let's say it was 3%, mm -hmm. went up to 4% within one week. 
back in the financial crisis, I've seen them go up 1% in one day. Wow. So that used to be my, you know, my script with talking with clients about rates. You don't see it happen often, but it can happen. And this is a perfect example. So we go from 3 to 4% within one week. The, the, the Monday after that, 4%, that 1% hike, rates went back down a half percent because of the government coming out and saying, hey, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going we're gonna to buy some mortgage-backed securities. We're, we're going to do a few, you know, get a stimulus package going, you know, things like that. So um, everybody saw some relief that the government finally you know, stepping in and doing some things. So we go from three to four percent back down to three and a half percent. By that following Friday, we saw rates go to six percent. So now we go from three and a half to six. So there's a two and a half percent hike in one week. Mm -hmm. um, and it was completely because of the market. There was so much volatility. Stock market was was dropping a thousand points a day. Um, the bond market was was dropping. Everybody was pulling cash out of everything so that they would have cash, assuming that everything, the world ended, mm -hmm. you know? So all that volatility caused our rates to go to 6% because the mortgage world didn't know how to price rates and nobody at the moment was wanting to buy mortgage-backed securities. So you're at 6%, which was last Friday. You go to this Monday, the government says, you know what, we're gonna release all tools that we possibly have, we're gonna buy unlimited amount of mortgage-backed securities. So that was a, a keyword unlimited. Mm -hmm. In the financial crisis, they only bought about 700 billion. So having a government say, you know what, we're just gonna do unlimited amount of buying, that finally stabilized our rates today to where now they're back to about three and a quarter, three and a half percent on a 30-year fix. So within three weeks, We've seen a plus or minus of 3% in mortgage rates, and it's you couldn't talk to clients fast enough. Or if you talked to them yesterday, you know, today a rate could be drastically different. So it was, it was very hard in our world to even have a normal conversation to where this week we're finally seeing some stability in mortgage rates where people are still inquiring about refinancing. There are still buyers out there buying homes, and they're catching the market at the right time to get very low interest rates. Right. And, you know, to put that in perspective, rates essentially doubled, you know, because they were so low going into all of this. And for people who haven't purchased in a while, you know, we haven't seen rates at 6% in quite a long time, even though, you know, I know my parents certainly could remember times when the interest rates were in double digits. Um, but since I've been in the business, I've never seen interest rates even approach double digits. And, and neither, neither have I. And, and 14 years ago, six and a quarter was a great rate at the time. Mm -hmm. But over the last decade, rates have been somewhere between three and five percent. So they've, they've been very attractive. You get used to just knowing that those are what the rates are. Um, and now we've come to a time where the government's really stepping in to help stabilize markets in general, and the mortgage world does get a benefit out of that if somebody's trying to buy or refinance. So um, with Van Dyke Mortgage, if, if you were in a situation where you had a, a rate locked at three, three and a half percent, and then it jumps up 
um, to 6%, you're not in a position where you're already locked in at, at your rate, correct? Yeah, so what, what I usually promote and recommend to my clients is always lock your rate in for this exact reason. If you lock it in, that means you're guaranteed that rate to your, your closing table. Um, I have heard stories that there are companies and loan officers out there that decided to float the market and try, try to gain that extra 8% or quarter percent. I rather know exactly what my rate is, what my payment's going to be, and just know I'm covered. A lot of people got, you know, from that drastic change over those last couple of weeks, thankfully, they're probably catching up and locking clients in now. Mm -hmm. um, but I always recommend to lock in for these exact reasons. Um, and what Van Dyke Mortgage actually allows that a lot of companies don't is, let's say I did lock a client in a week and a half ago and their rate was 4.25 because that's what it was that, that day. And we didn't know where the market's you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, well, Van Dyke Mortgage does allow that if the market significantly gets better within the last 10 days of closing, we can actually go in and get you the lower interest rate right before we close the loan. That's great. Yeah. So, and, and I've heard other companies do not offer that. Um, so that's actually a great point if they're ever looking to, to know if they're, the mortgage company that they're going with um, offers that kind of program. Right. So if let's say rates start to rise and someone is locked in at 5%, but right before closing, they are down closer to three and a half percent. They're able to adjust their interest rate. Correct, yep, we're able to go in and get the lower. So when the market was the lowest ever, I had a few clients that were locked in at maybe 3.875, which reality is an amazing rate. Mm -hmm. But because the market dipped so much, I was able to go in and get them 3.25%. So now I just shaved five eighths of a percent off just because they caught and buy, they were buying in real estate at the perfect time of the lowest rates ever in US history. So um, yeah, we can definitely benefit. And that can make a huge difference in an amortization rate over 15 or 30 years. Oh, you're, you're, you're talking thousands of dollars that is being saved um, by having that opportunity to get the lower rate. Right. You know, I think one of the good things that I, I've listened to a lot of economists the last um, couple of weeks just to see what they're gauging. And Dr. Lawrence Yoon is one of the chief economists in real estate. And I took relief in, you know, he was talking about over the last four recessions, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, one immediately after September 11th, and then the, the housing crisis, that in three of those four recessions, the real estate market actually appreciated. The only one that didn't take place was the one that essentially the real estate industry caused. <laughs> and you know, we talk about, there are a lot of reasons why that economic crisis happened. There were a lot of subprime mortgages happening. And I think you would agree, a lot of people who had no business getting a mortgage were qualifying for them and getting multiple properties. Um, the, the appreciation that we were gaining from appraisals um, was inflating the market. And then we also had an abundance of inventory. You know, Builders were building twice as many homes as they're building nowadays. Um, 12 years later, we're in a very different position. 
um, you can attest to how buyers are qualified now versus how they were then. Um, but the appraisal industry has gone through very strict um, changes and guidelines and there are implementations that are in place now where if a home, you know, is over appreciated red flags are going up to say wait a second. Um, you know, this isn't this doesn't jive with the way the numbers have been going. And, and I alluded to the inventory, builders are building half as many units in new construction as they were in you know, the height of the market, um, combined with low inventory. You know, a neutral market means that you have six months or more inventory, six months. Um, and for the last several years, we've been at or below three months inventory. So even when we're able to recover, we're still not gonna have the inventory that we had at the height of the market. Um, can you talk a little bit about how um, buyers are now qualified versus now versus then? Sure, so since the financial downturn or financial crisis in 2008, um, buyers have been fully approved and fully qualified, meaning they're self-employed, we're getting tax returns, um, we're getting pay stubs, we're getting W-2s, 90, I would say about 98% of the loans originated over the last 10, 12 years, people have had to truly prove that they qualify for the mortgages, which they weren't doing that in the 05, 06, 07 arena, which is what caused everything to, to take that turn. So here we are in a, in, a, in a different world. You know, it's a virus that's out there. This is short term. Financial crisis was very long term. It took several years to get out of it. Um, and that was, I've heard the keywords, that was man-made. So we, we ultimately hurt ourselves. This is not man-made. This is, this is a virus that, you know, basically is, is nobody has control of it per se. Um, and it's affecting the world. The financial crisis only affected more so the United States. It didn't affect Europe. It didn't affect Asia or Australia. You know, this is affecting everybody. So everybody's going through the same thing. I mean, it's short term. You know, uh, they're expecting that between cures, the climate changes that may help burn this off. You know, this might be a, a 60, 90, 120 day type turnaround to where we're back on our feet. We're able to go outside and, and, and enjoy the vitamin D of the sun. Um, but we're, it, it, it's short term to where people are going to go back to their jobs. Um, you know, medical, different professions, medical fields are, are going to get right back to normal for the most part. Um, mortgage and real estate, you know, people are going to be able to go look at homes again, you know, all that is going to happen. It's not the end of the world and it's very short term. Um, and so people are getting still fully qualified. The world, which is that extra 2%, the world that you can do those kind of unique loans where you don't show documentation have actually ceased lending right now for the next two to six weeks. So much volatility is the because of so much volatility, they don't know what to do on their end. So they have basically shut the doors until things stabilize, and then they're going to figure out if and what they want to do, and is there a future market for them. Um, banks have, are, are, I've been hearing at least, larger banks um, are 90 to 120 days out trying to close a loan. Um, and then mortgage brokers um, actually are, um, from what I understand, 
where, where they're not the actual lender, they just send your file to a lender, they have either shut doors and ceased lending, or the few sources they have to actually put your loan through is so backed up that it's 90 to 120 days before you can even get closed. So we're kind of, I was telling my wife that actually, you know, our industry and who I work for in the company and how we're structured, we're, we're direct lenders. So we are still closing loans. Um, and thankfully, we're kind of so far prone to this to where because of technology, we're still able to do business and we're still able to get buyers and or refinances to the closing table um, to where they're either doing virtual closings, you know, through the internet um, or I've heard stories of people bringing tables and, and standing six feet away and, and, you know, signing documents so that they're witnessed. Um, but real estate mortgages are still going on and business is still happening um, out there. Are you seeing longer contract times or are you still able to close within a 30 day period? So that's actually a very good question. So it's going to be a mixed answer. If they want to close in 30 days, um, that we can. But what I have been seeing is because of the uncertainty of the next 60 days, um, you know, are, are things still going to be shut down or are we going to, you know, be able to kind of resume as normal? Um, I have heard that some people, because of the virus, that they are wanting a 45 to 60 day close only for the fact that, hey, we're just not sure what's going to happen. Um, and then they've also said that we'll do on or before a certain date. So that way, if things get better quicker, that we can you know ramp things up and, and close quicker um, based upon that. Yeah. Um, so it's mixed. It's it's a mixed answer at the moment. Okay. Yeah, I know that. You know, I, I meant to say this at the beginning of the podcast, um, but if people are listening, they understand that we are here in Florida operating uh, real estate as seen as an essential business for now. You know, obviously this is a very fluid situation and so that there could be a time where that could change as it has in other states. But for now, buyers are buying, there are sellers who are selling. Um, we are making some modifications to the process, you know, from a real estate side, we are doing video conferencing whenever possible to try to limit contact with people. Um, but when we are having contact with people, whether it's at a showing or at a closing, we're adhering to the CDC guidelines, um, which are readily available. How are you've you alluded a little bit to how the mortgage industry is changing? Um, but like you said, you have made changes so that you're able to operate um, utilizing technology and really not lose any. Um, any momentum with the business? Yeah, so to kind of share how our industry, I think for the short term has changed. Um, thankfully, because of technology, we're able to communicate, we're able to underwrite loans and, and different things like that. But some of the other things that people don't realize um, is due to people don't, you know, clients, sellers don't want others in their home right now because of the virus just being safe. Mm -hmm. um, so Fannie and Freddie have come out that we can do drive-by appraisals to where the appraiser will just drive by the home, take pictures from the outside, but they will not enter the inside of the home. Um, and as long as the home appraises and, and moves forward, then you can move forward with that. So that's one big, huge step to um, alleviate the stress, the worry of the virus spreading that way. 
Um, the other thing that has come into play that Van Dyke Mortgage um, just implemented is that you can do essentially an e-closing where you can close virtually. So in the old school, a couple of weeks ago, you would go to an attorney or a title company, sit in front of some, you know, and bring a real estate agent like yourself and the title person, and you would sign documents and they would get witnessed, get notarized, everything like that. Well, we are now implementing where you can do e-closings, where it can be through software, it'll be notarized through the software and you can electronically sign. Um, and then I have heard other stories right now um, where you know people are, if they have to go to closing, they're at least sitting you know six to eight feet away. Everybody's just kind of staying away from everybody to respect everybody's you know uh, areas of bubbles and whatnot. Um, but um, between technology is, is a big part of why real estate is, has been able to continue through this. Um, so we're very blessed to have that, um, to, to at least keep the momentum there, keep transactions moving, because people will, will always, no matter what, still need to buy and sell real estate, no matter what the situation is. Right. And, you know, it's funny, even prior to everything that's happening right now, Florida had passed legislation for these e-closings. And um, I know some title companies hadn't quite, quite gotten on board because they wanted to work through some logistics. But this was, you know, sort of the, the perfect storm for them to get on board with having that capability and doing that. Um, and it's a great advantage for, you know, say military members who may be overseas and not able to physically be at a closing but now they have the ability to, to close remotely. Um, I, I think there are a lot of positive things about having the e-closing. Yeah, and it, it kind of forced our industry into some different changes, um, but I think all good, all good things like you just mentioned, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I wanna plug Van Dyke for, because you know I've, I've had a lot of great transactions, smooth, uh, transactions with you guys and a, a big part of that is how you underwrite buyers um, and you know I I have had other buyers who have used different lenders that they weren't underwritten they didn't go through desktop underwriting prior to writing a contract and then they get under contract and find out that their lender is not going to be able to perform for them and that's very stressful for a buyer can you talk a little bit about how Van Dyke um, underwrites the pre-approval process and how that is a benefit to the buyer? Sure. Um, it, I'll kind of give you some normal practices and then I'll kind of share something that has really come into play these last couple of weeks as well. So normal practices um, with Van Dyke Mortgage is that we, we as an originator, so if you talk to myself, I would get all your information, run you through uh, the approval system, which is online, and get you an approval, tell you what you qualify for, things like that. Well, Van Dyke Mortgage actually takes it a step further where not only will we do the initial pre-approval, but even before you're in contract, we'll actually gather all your documents and we'll send you to underwriting so they can give you the final stamp of approval before you even find your next house. Um, with that process, what's nice about it is if and when there are a lot of buyers in the pool, you know, and multiple offers have happened. Even I've even heard cases of multiple offers while the virus situation has been going on. Um, Van Dyke Mortgage can give you a loan commitment letter 
at the time of your offer. So what that's doing is showing your seller, hey, I've already figured out financing. I've already gotten approval. We just need to get through inspections and the appraisal to make sure it's worth what I'm buying it for. So it's a, a big advantage, not only in a, just in a normal case of showing them that you can qualify, but especially when there's multiple offers and you're trying to beat out others um, to win the house. Now, the, the second part is because of technology and because of what we're going on with this virus the last several weeks, we also are utilizing and taking advantage of um, certain programs that we can use technology to verify employment and assets. And then on some files, more so refinances than purchases, we may not actually even need an appraisal. So we have an appraisal waiver. We've verified employment through technology. We've verified assets, so who you bank with and your accounts and statements through a third party uh, technological party that we have. And we can actually underwrite your loan within 24 hours. And we're done with appraisal, we're done with your approval, and then we can put you right into closing very quickly. So it's amazing what technology has. And as we go through this, as I mentioned, technology has kind of made us shift a little bit for the better, mm -hmm. but these different opportunities are being needed more and more so that we can close files quicker and quicker. Um, so it, it's, it's amazing process and you should, look into it, especially when you're buying a home and, and trying to outbid or, or outbeat some of those uh, the competition out there. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, you know, in economic changes, there are always opportunities. And no quote better personifies that than the one um, attributed to Warren Buffett. And he's known to have been have said, when people are greedy, you should be fearful. And when people are fearful, you should be greedy. And, um, you know, I like speaking with you because not only are you a mortgage lender, but you're also an investor. And mm -hmm. so um, I'd like for you to put your investor hat on now. And yeah. can we talk about where are the opportunities? You know, if you're looking, let's say that um, you're, you want a, a more stable place to invest and you're not, you don't wanna have all your eggs in the stock market basket um, or other baskets that may be a little more unstable. Where do you see the opportunities um, right now? Sure. So um, you can, if you, everybody always needs a place to live, right? No matter what economic time we're in, if we're in a recession, if we're not, if we're booming, stock market, no matter what, people need a place to live. Um, real estate is always more so a safe place to invest um, because you're always going to need people that need a place to live. So whether it's your primary house, which is a great start to investing in real estate, mm -hmm. to a second home, or just straight out buying investment properties, you first you take advantage because of how low rate interest rates are. So if we were to talk today and you were to buy your first house, you get a three and a quarter to three and a half percent interest rate, that's going to save you a lot of money compared to if we talked a year ago and I told you your interest rate was four and a half percent. That one percent difference in interest rate not only changes what your monthly payment is, but also all the finance charges you would pay over a 30-year mortgage. You know, that's thousands of dollars in savings 
in keeping that home and getting it with a lower interest rate. Um, the other thing that I've been doing with a few different individuals, including myself, this is the perfect time to do a cash out refinance on your properties. So cash out refinance is saying, hey, I wanna, I wanna pull equity out of my home, whether it's your primary or investment properties, and I wanna get that cash back. So you're refinancing most likely into a lower interest rate to begin with. So you're making it more affordable. And then you're also pulling out cash to where you can use that as a down payment for your next investment property. So take an example, let's say you own two investment properties um, and maybe you've owned them for a little bit and there's some equity there. Well, if you can pull out $50,000 in equity and because rates have come down, you're actually keeping your mortgage payment the same. So therefore your, your rent received and your mortgage payment that you have to pay that situation is not changing, but now you just got $50,000 in your pocket. You can now use that to go maybe buy one or two other investment properties and take advantage of where rates lower on that to where your portfolio is growing. People need to live somewhere. It makes your rent more affordable because your mortgage payment is cheaper. So you, can, you have more negotiating power with that to find the right, right renter. And then you've just leveraged more of your money and you've actually expanded your portfolio at the same time. Um, buying, again, just buying a primary residence is a great start. Um, if you're a little bit more advanced, now might be the time to take a look at doing a cash out refinance so you can expand your portfolio a little bit more. Mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly, if you have the stomach to bear the volatility and you have extra income, the stock market isn't a bad place to invest in right now. Right, so you think about it, the stock market right now, roughly speaking, is about down, what, 30 to 33%. So if you were to take some of that money and stock market is where you want to put it rather than in real estate, you're getting essentially, quote unquote, a, a third discount on what you would have paid a month ago. Um, so if you were to invest today, maybe some mutual funds or, or whatever your bucket would be. Right. And then if the stock market turns around in six months, like a lot of economists think that things are going to improve again over time, mm -hmm. you're investing in the right time. You've got it at a discount. And I would imagine your, your appreciation on that investment is going to be more than three and a half percent, which is what your interest rate would be. On your mortgage. So if that increased and you made a gain of 8%, but you're only paying 3.5% on that money from your loan, I say you're still a 5, 5.5% gain, net gain. That's not a bad, bad way to invest. Right. And, you know, personally, I, I can understand some of the fear that some people may have with all of the uncertainty. You know, as someone who works in a commission only business, it can be um, startling when things change as significantly as they have over the past few weeks. Um, one thing that I am glad that I did a few years ago is uh, I started an internet business. And you know that business is growing exponentially now because people are shopping online, whether it's because stores are out of um, supplies or they just don't wanna go out and risk you know, being exposed to the virus or the convenience of having it delivered at home. 
but there are other businesses, you know, like that, that are growing during this time. And, um, you know, so if you are someone who is concerned about losing your job or losing your income, you know, there are opportunities out there that you can seek. Um, and, and you talked about, you know, for those that are being shut down because of everything, we, we anticipate that to come back very quickly once we're given the all go. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of different people in a lot of different professions. And, you know, this is, again, a short-term thing. We're going to be able to go outside again. We're, we're going to be able to go to restaurants again. It just may not be in the next 30 days. Well, that's okay. You know, um, some people will see a shift one way or another. Um, there, there's probably, there's definitely going to be some unemployment that happens. Um, but it's all going to be short-term. You know, take the medical field. Um, they got basically some orders that they can't do um, non-medically necessary appointments. Well, those non-medically necessary appointments are your checkups or your skin checks and things like that. So, and that's a big, that's the biggest portion of the revenue. Well, if they can't have that, well, then they're, they're not making money. Therefore, they can't pay salaries, bonuses, et cetera. So you might see some of those people being laid off, terminated, furloughed, you know, those types of things. But in 90 to 120 days, the medical field is going to open back up. We're all going to need our teeth cleaned. We're all going to need to go back to the doctor, get our skin checked. And so everybody is going to go back to, for the most part, having a job, making money, um, and, and we're going to get back to normal. And that's what I think everybody's trying to, to realize is this isn't the end of the world. It's not lasting three years. At least we I'd say it's a 99% chance it's not. Um, and that it's a very short-term window, and we just have to adjust the way we're living, adjust our expenses for a short period of time, and then we're finding other ways to still operate and do business, which I think ultimately just kind of pushed us into some new things that we've been maybe postponing or slowly getting into um, to where it's kind of pushed us to get into those things. And I think it's ultimately going to improve the way a lot of people do business or maybe change the way they do business a little bit. I think, you know, a lot of people are, are learning lessons that have been forced on them just by the changes that have been, been, been made. Um, and I think we may see more homes coming on the market in the short term right after this, because mm -hmm. people that have been home, some are going to realize that their home isn't functioning properly for them. They may not have enough space. They may continue to work from home remotely and now they need an office that they don't have. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and if we see an uptick in inventory once we're able to resume activities. Um, you know, one of the, the funny things I think about is I'm sure a lot of people are going to say, I wish I had a dang pool, at least in Florida. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. something that could get them through the next 30 to 60 days with their kids. You know, a lot of, a lot of kids are now home. Yep. For, for some of them are, are home for the rest of the school year. Yeah. And, and I'm sure some are like, man, I really wish I would have had a pool. Well, that might come in the, in the near future of, you know what, we're buying a house with a pool and we're not going to, you know, be stuck in the house for 60 days with kids again. You know, so. Yeah. I, I am grateful that I'm living in Florida right now because I've lived in Illinois and Colorado and New York and, and cold climates 
where, you know, even with the restrictions, I, I am definitely finding myself in mother nature more. Um, fortunately, I live on a waterfront community so I can take my paddleboard out and enjoy the solitude that that brings and the warm weather. And um, so I, I am immensely grateful that I am living in Florida while we're experiencing all of this. You know, and to kind of towards the, you know, kind of end and wrap up on a, on a positive thought, you know, it's making us hang out with our family more. It's making us enjoy our family or enjoy our new houses or pools or mother nature, you know, do those exercising outdoors. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's changing and, and it helps you maybe slow down for a minute to appreciate things that maybe you don't always or, oh, you push things off or this or that. And makes us slow down for a minute as well. So. Yeah. so my final question is, what is the biggest takeaway that you will take from all of this? You need to spend time with your family. You need to enjoy life for sure. Um, I think socializing, you know, people miss socializing. This is, if you want to talk about business real quick, Real estate is a people business. Mm -hmm. So if we had to do this, and this just shows you that there, there's no relationships and there's to a certain degree, in my opinion, there's no interest in online buying for the most part. You know, if it was, real estate would continue to happen. Well, I think this is kind of showing that maybe there's some different opinions about that. Um, so I think- the I buyer model with- Yes. Okay. So I've seen a lot where, you know, people still want to go see the homes. Mm -hmm. They still want to see them in person. Um, yeah, technology helps them see what's out there maybe quicker or, you know, see an opportunity that comes up. But people still want to work with people. They don't all just want to do technology. And we all need each other. We all need society to operate, talk to, hang out with. Um, and we all need our families. You know, this is a time where people need comfort from the families, um, do things. You know, it's making us hang out with them a little bit more potentially. Mm -hmm. um, and again, just slow down and enjoy life as well, um, which I'm a go, go, go kind of person. And it's even made me you know, slow down a little bit and enjoy some things. So I appreciate that actually. Yeah, my family is all in Illinois. I'm the only one here, um, but we have started weekly um, FaceTime and Zoom meetings to okay. where we are all able to see each other, which is yeah. nice. That's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. My parents who are, you know, missing their grandchildren desperately, at least have the ability to see them and, and hang out with them. And, you know, like you mentioned, when I was young and in college, I, um, I had a lot of anxiety just about, you know, what the future held. And as I've matured, I've been able to deal with that better. And this certainly has um, been very freeing of not being anxious about what tomorrow holds and just focusing on what I can control, like you said, enjoying the downtime and being grateful for, for what I have and where I am and just connecting with people. Um, it has been, I have to admit, I, I enjoy the slower pace a little bit and mm -hmm. we'll see if we can continue that moving forward. Sure, sure, yeah. Sounds yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Um, if people are looking to get in touch with you, say that they are looking to buy or invest, what is the best way that they can reach you? 
Sure. So um, they can always call uh, my cell phone because we're all working from home right now. Uh, but they can call me at 727-239-5152. Um, or you can always check us out. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at SellingStPetefl.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com.